0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning, Roto Experts. To the end zone, touchdown! touchdown! Oh my! Heaven! The mark of fantasy
1: excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. Yes!
2: It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Friday, January
0: 11th.
2: Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me speeds and spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, inaugural FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King, Scott Angle. Scotty, I'm getting excited. It's Friday going into what I consider the best weekend in football. Everybody's pretty much up. How you feeling about this weekend, Scotty?
1: I'm feeling excited. Bring it on, man. Let's, let's go.
2: Absolutely fired up is the King, Scott yeah. Angle, as he should be. Scotty, you know, on Friday we talk a lot about injuries and stuff. Honestly, the only injury, the only player that I think in these four games that is a viable skill player that has any kind of question hanging over his head because, listen, everyone's going to go. It's a divisional weekend. If we're excited, you know they're excited too. The only player that I know of that has any kind of offensive value that is questionable going into this weekend is Cole Beasley, right, with that ankle?
1: No, uh, Sammy Watkins is also practice okay. this weekend. He could be a game time decision as well. Uh, they said they're not sure if he's going to play, but he's had good practices, so uh, something to watch. Uh, they really don't know if he's going to play or not, but uh, I think they're trying to push him to be ready to go.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, if you can't, you know, push yourself through and be ready to go. If he was, he was limited in practice this week, right? Yeah, Hawkins. they said you
1: know he had some good practices, but it, you know
2: the. Uh, Andy Reid said he's still not sure if he's going to be ready or not. All right, so, you know, a couple of wide receivers we want to keep our eye on. Sammy Watkins on the Kansas City and Cole Beasley um, on Dallas on Saturday night. It looks like he really hasn't practiced much. But remember, I said at the very beginning of the week they were going to be very cautious with that ankle because they want him on the field, right, Scotty? They do. You know, he's a
1: key guy for them on the uh, you know, third downs and key, key, uh, key passing downs also. Blake Jarwin has not practiced hmm. all week, so he could be a game-time decision as well. And to a lesser degree, Spencer Ware is iffy, but you, know, you want to see if he plays or not. I think Damian Williams is clearly the lead running back there, but uh, you know how much will Ware cut into its touches? I don't think it'll make a big difference because I think even if Damian Williams has still lesser of a workload, he's the kind, kind of guy that can do something at every touch.
2: Yeah, I I agree with that. He does have that kind of breakaway speed, that dynamic ability. We've seen flashes of it. I don't think he's Kareem Hunt, though. I'll tell you that right now, Scotty. And yes, and, no. and the Kansas City Chiefs are three and three since that went down. You know, and and that brings me to another quick thing. I, I, I really don't think. It, I really but, don't think. Sorry, I you know I've heard that you know that they're not as
1: good with without Hunt. It's I I don't I don't think I don't think really that you know, missing Hunt is the reason. I'm not saying you said it, but I've seen other people saying it. Uh he's not quite Kareem Hunt, but he certainly has been explosive and dynamic at times. So I, I think they haven't missed a beat. It's just to me, this team has not been clutch enough. They're they 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 have been one and four against playoff teams. Two two and two and four
2: against playoff teams this year. Uh and one of them they beat in the first week of the season. Right. And you know it took them overtime to beat the Baltimore Ravens. Um, so if those were the two teams, if those were the two wins, you know, the first week of the season, right. Against the chargers uh, and then overtime against Baltimore. You know, I don't, so, I, don't I, disc-
1: mean- I don't discount the overtime. And look at that as a negative. Cause when you win in overtime, it's like I'm talking about, it's about being clutch, you know, in that Baltimore game, they were clutch, but in their other four losses,
2: all to playoff teams, they were not clutch. So could, I, I'd like to, I'd like to dive into that a little bit more, Scotty. Um, you, you know, I've been, we've both been bringing up the stat. They're three and three in their last six games. And two of those wins were to the Oakland Raiders. You know, we've been saying that a lot all week long. When you say you don't think missing hunt is the kind of key ingredient, you know, remember, I think it was maybe early in the week when we did like the autopsy of the teams that lost in wildcard weekend. And we talked about what, like, say the Houston Texans needed. And it was things like the offensive line or another, you know, wide receiver, that sort of thing. What, if I would ask you an autopsy, on the last six games of the Chiefs and you're saying it's because they have not been clutch. What is that what does that really mean exactly to you? Like they're just not making the plays at crunch time? That's what you're talking about?
1: Exactly. You know, they they're not doing what, what is needed to win. Uh you know, they're not getting the key defensive stop very often. Uh you know, that that's that's been a a big reason for those four losses. Not getting a key stop where they have to, you know, in those in those big sort of games. Like they're compiling okay, so- the numbers. They're compiling the numbers, but you know, like the game against Seattle, you know, they had a four and out at the end of the game. Right. Uh, you know, the game, the game against the Chargers. You know, they couldn't stop the Chargers from driving down the field. They couldn't stop them from coming back. It seems against
2: the better teams that they're not able to close the deal. All right. So here, let me ask you this, though, because this is another. I want to try to mesh this with one of the other, my one of my other narratives from last weekend, right? When you talk about the Chiefs are just not clutch right now, you said they weren't making the plays maybe on the defensive side of the ball, not getting the stops when they need to, not getting off the field in big situations. And I'll give you that, Scotty. I want to explore this idea also on the offensive side of the ball, because all season long, you know, we've talked about Patty Mahomes as like a risk taker, a gunslinger, slinger, right? That sort of thing. I'm reminded of the play, Scott, when remember when Tyreek Hill was on a bad heel and they completed. On like third and 15, like a 40 yard pass play. Yeah. Right. Okay. So here's the thing I would say many people would consider that play clutch, right? However, however, you know, just like a lot of other plays and throws Patty Mahomes made this season, it was kind of a risk. A risky play, one of those almost like 50-50 kind of balls. Like he's made a lot of plays this year where you're like, oh, my God, how did he do that? Or you're like, no, 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 yes, you know, that sort of thing. That's the case, and those things are almost risky or 50-50 kind of things. Like half the time it's going to look like he's clutch on offense, and half the time it's going to look like he's not. Does Does that jive with you, Scott?
1: Uh well, when you look at the fact that he's only had twelve interceptions, which is fifth lowest in the league, uh, I don't know much how I can blame Pat Mahomes for this. Okay, you know, he hasn't turned the ball over in, in key spots. You know, every game has been different. It's just they've lost some very close games right. against the good teams that they play. They lost so- by seven to Seattle. You know, they lost by by one to the Chargers. They they lost mm-hmm. by three to the Rams, and they lost by three to the Patriots.
2: Yeah, so so here's the thing. Maybe
1: you could blame blame Mahomes in in the regard that, that he hasn't been able to make that big throw like he did the Ravens games consistently against the better
2: teams. But watching those games, it's like the defense can't get off the field when it counts. So let me ask you this, though, right? And, and, and here's the last part I wanted to say on my kind of my narrative, in fact, right? So I, I'm not blaming Patty Mahomes. You're right. He hasn't thrown the, you know, he has only had a 12 turnovers or what have you, right? So, but here's the last part. This Saturday, tomorrow, it's going to be like 35 degrees in Kansas City. And remember, we've talked about like these quarterbacks, their first time in the playoffs maybe underperforming a little bit. And especially with someone who's a risk taker, a gunslinger like Mahomes, if he is just a little bit off his game or the lights are a little bit too bright and he's already a guy who's, you know, this kind of quote unquote gunslinger. You know, and that's kind of the line of him being clutch or not on some level. I think it sets up. For If he has a little bit of an off game, for to, the mistakes to come and compound themselves, especially if you think the Chiefs need to deliver and be clutch against a good team in the Colts that they haven't necessarily been able to beat. You said it yourself. They're 2-4 against playoff teams. I'm just saying, is this a recipe where like things have to go really right for Patty Mahomes? All the coin flips have to come up heads, right? And if one or two don't, because it's bad weather, because it's the bigger stage, could this really lend itself more towards Indianapolis?
1: Yes, exactly. And I got I have a preview of this game up on RotoExperts.com right now, and I follow Bucky Brooks on Twitter. He's one of my favorite analysts, and he, he, you know, he, t- he talked about the new quarterbacks, the, rook- the rookie or first-time quarterbacks in the playoffs. He said the NFL playoffs are just a different animal. Everything is faster, Everything is more intense. There's more magnification right. on mistakes in terms of momentum. It's a different atmosphere, and Mahomes hasn't experienced that. So he could either a get off to a slow start, or b you know he can make a he can make a mistake in the clutch. I, I've seen some of the best quarterbacks, and we've seen it some oh, yeah. of the best quarterbacks during the regular season do unlikely things in the playoffs. Right. I think back to Peyton Manning's interception in the Super Bowl. Uh, Russell Wilson doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. I saw him have a four-interception game against Green Bay. So you know, the the turnovers, the, the possibility for turnovers becomes much more magnified. For yep. and you know, they, and Andrew Luck's got playoff experience. He's he's won three of his last four playoff games, and his very first. Playoff win came in 2013 against the Chiefs when he threw yeah. for well over was 400 yards. Was that like
2: the 45-41 game? He had a huge
1: that game? was the 45-44 game, 21-point yep. comeback, the second largest in NFL history. That was Andy Reid's first playoff game as a Chiefs coach. He, he threw for well over 400 yards, four touchdowns and three interceptions. Nobody's hotter right now than the Indianapolis Colts. No team yep. is hotter in the league right now. It's... uh. You know, the, the Chiefs look good on paper, but Andy Reid's coaching resume as a playoff coach in Kansas City is just, it's not good. You know, he's only yep. won one playoff game in his entire tenure with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, I, I look at the, the coaching factor, and I think you make an excellent point. As good as Mahomes has, he's been, he has never played a playoff game. That's why I'd rather have luck, you know, in Daly this week.
2: Yeah, right. And and I'm just saying that these, you know, you you put that first-year quarterback thing with the bright lights, right? I think a lot of people are starting to make that point. And I I think it impacted Deshaun Watson a bunch last week. It clearly impacted Lamar Miller. I mean, excuse me, Lamar Jackson. And I think it impacted Trubisky a little bit as well. So if, if that's a thing, you know, I just think that... With a quarterback like Mahomes where there's so much variance in his game, you know, and everything has come up roses. I bring up that Tyreek Hill play and some of the other amazing, magnificent things that he has done this season. With a quarterback with that much variance, right, and that much kind of risk-reward, you throw in the bright light to the playoffs, and it could be a recipe for an underperformance. It sounds like you and I view this game similarly, Scott. It sounded that way Ultimately, we
1: do. Yeah, we'll oh, make our I disagree, official. Pitch. I disagree. I disagree that there's variance in this game because hmm. you know the lack of turnovers. It you know he's just he's been fantastic. Uh, Fifty touchdowns, twelve interceptions. I don't see much variance. Where I do agree with you though, that in this playoff atmosphere that he's never played in before, that all of a sudden we could see variance and would not just surprise me to see me th- see him throw three interceptions.
2: Yeah, I mean. I, 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 we we could we could belabor the variance point, but to me the last thing I'll say is it's sort of like it's sort of like on an extreme level on an extreme level, Scott. It's almost like Patty Mahomes is a major league baseball pitcher who went nineteen and one but had an ERA of like five and a half and just got ten run support. You know, it's like it's like there's a lot yeah. of thing plays he made like, and like, throws like, he like made he said. that very easily could have gone the other way.
1: Yeah, like you said, we could belabor it, but I, okay. I, I,
2: I disagree with that okay. wholeheartedly. Yeah. All right, fair enough. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see on Sunday if those But well, he, players... the... he could have his worst right. game. He
1: we'll could have his worst game see
2: th- 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 this week. So. It is possible, but it does sound like both you and I are leaning Indianapolis. We'll make our official picks a little bit later on in the show. Other things that did cross the the, the you know the radar for me yesterday about non-playoff teams, real quick. Two players that I want to ask you about. One is Antonio Brown. Art Rooney said on a radio show yesterday, the owner, that he really can't envision A B with the Steelers come training camp, says he's probably not gonna cut them because of the cap space and all that stuff. But that it sounds like there's energy building for him to be on the move. The other player I'm talking about is Leonard Fournette, Scott, who apparently met with Jacksonville leadership to, quote-unquote, like, clear the air. He met with Marone and Coughlin, I think. You know, so with Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette, talk to me about both of their chances of, you know, being with their current teams come summertime. Well,
1: you know, anything could happen, really. But uh, yeah. it, it seems like... Everything's pointing to Antonio Brown being traded. They said they're not going to release him, and I think it'll be kind of hard to go back. No more Anto- no more Antonio Brown, no more Le'Veon Bell. It's going to be James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster. It seems like, mm. and you know we've done it early. We're doing an early mock draft uh, with sure the TSY crew. And Juju Smith Zester was one of the first receivers off the board. I think that'll bump James Washington up too. you know maybe this is why they drafted him, et cetera. Been, well I think they wanted a really good third wide receiver, but maybe somebody that could step into that number two role sort of uh with fournette uh, you know it it is what it is you know they've you know they they they've obviously sat down and talked to him, and they're going to try to ride with him, but the guy sure. can't stay healthy. he's the new Fred Taylor.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely true. I have Leonard Fournette in that mock draft that you were talking about. I don't like him, Scott, but it was in the fourth round. You know, and I was like, uh, oh, maybe this is, you know, good value at this point. You know, this is a guy who was a first round pick. In most fantasy drafts this year, and he was still sitting there for me late in the fourth round. And I was like, "Ah, at this point, maybe I pull the trigger on him. With Antonio Brown, though, Scotty, here's the thing there's a lot of talk right now. You know, at this point last year, if I were to tell you that, like, you know, Eli Apple would still be a member of the Giants at the start of this year, it would have thought it was crazy. You know, I feel like a lot of teams, there's a lot of talk at times, and then maybe cooler heads prevail once we get into, you know, March and April. You really think it's poison to the point that, like, AB and the Steelers need to divorce? Or do you think, like, it's, this is just talk right now? I,
1: it certainly, it certainly seems that way. If you're asking me whether to tell it the truth or not, it's. Uh... I think that we've, we've, we've seen with our own eyes Antonio Brown getting very upset on the
2: sidelines. So, uh, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of authenticity to this. All right. We'll find out. There's only one way to find out. What I will say is your boy Davis Maddock over there on RotoExperts.com, the mark of fantasy excellence, 365 days a year, talking about football. He took your boy Juju, and not only did he take him above Antonio Brown. Scotty, he was the number one wide receiver taken overall. He was the first wide receiver off the board in this draft. Ahead of Julio Jones, ahead of Devontae Adams, ahead of DeAndre Hopkins, ahead of Mike Thomas or anybody else. One thing's for sure, your boy Davis Maddox loves taking a stand. Juju and Damian Harris is where he went. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Roto Experts in the morning. Come on right back.
0: So they called this company they heard on the radio called the Tax Doctor. And the Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people.
1: I think they're called the IRS.
2: Welcome back. Roto experts in the morning, right here in the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And Scotty, I gotta tell people that the DailyRoto.com partnership with Datagolf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. We got all new lineup optimizer, custom settings, advanced groupings. Customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities, a simulator, outright and top 20 market betting tools, three-ball betting tools, a chat, and a lot more. Go to dailyrodo.com, click on the Go Premium tab, choose Golf, and then enter the promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's right, Dailyrodo.com, Go Premium, Golf, and enter the promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. Hey, by the way, Scotty, I'll tell you um, something, okay? Okay, go ahead. Okay. First okay. you get the optimizer, okay?
1: You oh, get okay. the optimizer and then you then you get the women, okay? First Ooh. you get the optimizer and then you get the women.
2: Really interesting. Yeah, yeah because listen You get the optimizer, made- then you get the power, and then you get the women. I like that because listen and don't forget about the money okay you get the money power and respect and the women we have made I, seven I told you you get the optimizer first okay the optimizer. got oh, you, to the you the money, okay? I got you I got you I got you all right sounds on, like it. That, it sounds like the optimizer is the key to all your success and here's what I gotta tell you guys Roto experts in the morning should be your key to success and Scotty I gotta let the cat out of the bag You know about the FSTA, right, Scotty? You know about the FSTA. Yes, the Fantasy Sports Trade Association. Absolutely. When they have their conferences coming up, I believe it's in Florida somewhere. I believe it's in a couple of weeks. And they're going to be. January 22nd to 25th. There it is. And they are going to be announcing the winners of their awards. And, Scotty, we're a finalist. Roto Experts in the Morning is a finalist for the best radio show in the industry. Scotty, congratulations. Congratulations to you as well. And uh, just so some
1: of the listeners know, too, uh, you know, there's two separate rounds of awards, first for the FSTA, which is the governing body of fantasy, and then the Fantasy Sports Writers Association Awards as well back in 2014. Roto Experts, which is the longest-running morning show in the fantasy industry, uh, won Best Radio Show for the FSWA, which is nominated twice, so it's great to be nominated for the first time for the FSTA. Congratulations to our friends at the Fantasy Football Frenzy, who are also nominated as
2: well. Goon Squad, Chris (laughs) Vettel, Jim Day and uh, of course our man the fantasy executive Corey Parsons a lot of great stuff from our colleagues here in the fantasy sports radio network Uh, hopefully you know maybe uh, the awards keep on coming in but I think it is you know whether we win or not you know it's always like they always say it's a thrill to be nominated so let's keep on going Scott and prove to everybody more of the content more of the insight the analysis and the fun and functional sports content that people are used to here on Roto Experts in the Morning. Scotty one other piece of news that I saw a quote from one of the new head coaches that I really thought was interesting before we dive in back into these divisional round games. Did you see Bruce Arians yesterday who, you know, I have a growing man crush on because of the way he talks to players, the way he's hiring uh, African-American offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators. He Did you hear his kind of uh, scouting report on Jameis Winston? Scotty, he says, listen, that the talent is there and that He just needs to, quote-unquote, be a little bit smarter. To be quite honest, Scott, I think that is a very accurate assessment of Jameis Winston. And here's the other thing I'll say about this. Bruce Arians was retired, right? He already has a relatively decent reputation in NFL circles. He wouldn't come out of retirement for a job saddled with a quarterback that he knew was going to be blunt guts trash that he was not going to be able to work with. Arians, who has worked with a lot of people and been an offensive mind, he must see something in Jameis. He must think he can kind of develop Jameis because if not, I don't think he would have, you know, entered the fray. He didn't have to do this. He would only do this if he thought he had some good clay to mold. Uh, Do you buy that, Scotty? Uh, Well, it, it it is what it is. I mean, if he he doesn't want Winston, what else is going to be out there?
1: You know, Todd Monk. No, but I'm saying, if he rest- didn't want
2: Winston, he didn't have to accept the job. He was fine and retired. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. If he didn't want Winston, he could just not want to coach the Bucks. That's what he could do.
1: Uh, I I guess you know that that's that's one way to look at it. But he does in that regard, he does have a quarterback. With some potential, who was an early or very early pick in the draft. But, you know, he could also look at it like, look, if Winston isn't my guy after a year, I could go out and get
2: somebody else too. I guess that's true, you know, but all week Scotty, we've been talking about how important, you know, certain things are when you're looking at the co- when you're looking at a coaching opportunity, right? We've been talking about the connection with the front office and stuff like that. And one of the things everybody kind of acknowledges is like the quarterback is the most important position in sports. So like, I'm just thinking about it, you know what I mean, Scott? Like if you if you are a free agent and you're looking at your options, Right. This is not like a situation where he was already there. He cho- Arians, I mean. He's choosing to be there, and he's choosing to be in a situation where Jameis Winston is his quarterback. You know what I mean? So I think that he must see something there in Jameis, and I think his his kind of uh, thumbnail sketch that the talent is there, but that he's got to be a little bit smarter. Quite frankly, is accurate, and maybe hey. that's the focus. Like, I guess let me ask it to you this way, Scotty. Like. What do you think could be the ceiling for Jameis Winston if he does in fact clean up his turnover behavior, shall we say? If Bruce Arians is like putting that out there right now to sound the alarm that this is how I want you to be, bro. And let's say Jameis does take that step and cleans that up a little bit. What's the ceiling for a guy like Jameis Winston? I, I think
1: uh, I think you're looking at it like about thirty-two touchdown passes, you know, in that range, because like I've been saying all along and other people who follow the Buccaneers have been saying it too, he needs the support of the running game, good running game, quality running game. He's never had it. And he can't put everything on this young, erratic guy's shoulders. He needs that support from a solid running back who can also catch passes out of the backfield. I think that's a big, big key to getting Jameis Winston pointed in the right direction. You're not going to look for this kid to carry an offense, but he can make explosive plays. So... Yeah, you know, I'm not in the mindset that we're going to see, the, like, the best fantasy numbers ever. I think mm-hmm. uh, he might become a better NFL quarterback, but I'm not seeing a ceiling of,
2: say, like, 36 touchdown passes. Okay, fair enough. Um, do you think, though, he could be a top 12 fantasy quarterback next year?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. He's got wep- weapons there. Even if Humphreys is gone, O.J. Howard, if he stays healthy, Chris Godwin in his third year, and obviously Mike Evans, and yeah. then a the receiving back out of the backfield, you know, who could always probably take his passes on a swing, a flat, you know, yeah. something like that, you know, for some yardage there. There's a lot, there's still a lot of a promise for Jameis Winston, but it's all about installing a good running game.
2: Yeah, so when you talk about that good running game, listen, I'm thinking my knee jerk reaction, Scott, is there are two uh running backs who I think are going to be available via free agency, that if the Bucks could sign, could potentially fit that bill and could take away from division rivals, Scotty. I'm thinking about Tevin Coleman and Mark Ingram. Do you think either of those two guys could be a fit?
1: Yeah, I was mentioning both those guys earlier this week when we talked about it. Ingram is more of a fit if you're not going to believe in Ronald Jones. I think Tevin Coleman is a better fit because you don't have to necessarily take one running back to spell the running game. If Bruce Arians decides that he has the confidence in Ronald Jones to start handing him the ball more often than, than he did last year, I think a dual combination of Tevin Coleman and Ronald Jones could possibly work here with Tevin Coleman being that receiving back out of the backfield. I think I think Tevin Coleman proved he could be a feature back. If he decides that Ronald Jones is not my guy, at least for this year, then you go ahead and get a
2: guy like Ingram. Yeah, okay, I think that makes sense. We'll keep an eye out on that as the offseason turns on. But we are hot in the middle of the season, middle of the postseason, shall I say, right now. So let's get back into it. We talked a lot about the Colts and the Chiefs. Let's talk a little Cowboys and Rams, Scotty. I mean, here's my thing. I love what that Dallas Cowboys defense has done, you know, but I think it's a tall task for them to go to Los Angeles against the Rams and get it done, you know, you even have the Cowboys. You have the Cowboys as your fourth ranked defense this week in your uh, in your rankings, which we can find on RotoExperts.com and the 365 NFL site. That it now is. However, I'm going to tell you this, Scotty. You know, I'm in a I'm in a tournament. I'm in a GPP this uh, weekend, and I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. I have some shares of the Dallas Cowboys as my defense. I mean, they are the you know, third from lowest, you know, uh, in terms of price of the defense, and I was paying up in other places, I think there could be a narrative where they get it done. Talk to me about the potential of Chris Richard, this guy who's a hot commodity right now. Um, what's the potential of this Cowboys defense to stifle, stifle the Rams offense? We've seen it happen before. The Rams put up a goose egg in Chicago. You know, what, what do you think is the potential for the Cowboys to actually, uh, um, you know, not contro- control the game a little bit?
1: well they can always control the game but it's not with their defense it's with, it's, their moved, offense. it's with Zeke. yeah you know what what you what you're looking for here is not to keep the score down necessarily but you want the sacks and you want the turnovers that's right Dallas Dallas was 12th in takeaway giveaway you know that which is which is very respectable uh you know they were they were plus 3 it's you know i guess just a little bit above above the league average so uh yeah, you know, but I don't I I don't see them as a team on this offensive line, you know, getting a getting a great pass rush. Uh Jared Goff is very good at home as well, mm-hmm. you know, so there's there's something else to be said with that. Uh you know, I don't see him making a lot of mistakes in a game like this. He could make a key mistake, but Dallas Dallas had thirty thirty nine sacks, you know, that's that's about middle of the road in uh in the NFL. Uh then did you look at look at the interceptions? You know, they're a very solid secondary, but they're not over opportunistic. They only had nine interceptions. That's uh that's like twenty six in the NFL. So from a sack and interception sort of uh outlook,
2: I don't like the Cowboys defense. Okay. Um, let me ask you on the other side, you know, same kind of matchup when the Cowboys defense is on is on the field. With LA, listen, uh, what are we thinking about Todd Gurley this week? I mean, he was removed from the injury report. So, you know, you have to assume that with the extra week of rest and things of that nature, that he's going to be good to go. However, I did hear this week McVay say that, like, they're going to still mix in C.J. Anderson, that he performed so well, you know, in the last, what, two weeks of the season that they believe he's earned, you know, it may be a thing where they mix him in every third or fourth series just to give Gurley a blow, but... You know, even if that's the case, then that means Gurley's still not the same kind of workhorse that he has been. Do you buy the coach speak, Scott? You think they're going to mix in C.J. Anderson, you know, as a change of pace or every third drive just to spell Gurley? Or do you think Gurley is this kind of 90% workload um, like he is, you know, most of the season?
1: It's very, very hard to read right now. McVay was saying that in his press conference that he looks like Todd, that he's ready to go. And it. It may not be a thing of health, either, just to play devil's advocate. Right. I'm saying like, C.J. Anderson just good. It could be when, good when they, you have two very good snaps. running backs. You see this with every other NFL teams. If they feel they have two very good running backs, they'll use one to give the other guy a breather if he's healthy or to give the defense two different looks. C.J. Right. Anderson is more of a north-south runner than, than Todd Gurley, so it's a different look. So... I think they don't want to overwork Gurley either coming back from the injury. But, uh, you know, there's always going to be a running back to take five, six carries away from the starter. So I don't know if I could overrate this in terms of what we expect with Gurley health-wise.
2: Well, I, I, I say it this way for another reason, Scott. I mean, you know, Todd Gurley is the most expensive running back on FanDuel. Right now, right at 9000 yeah. Then you got Zeke at 8700 Kamara. There's no at 8, way I'm spending up for
1: Todd Gurley. <clears throat> That's
2: what I mean. You know what I mean? Like if there's even any kind of notion that instead of being a 95% workhorse, he's going to be in a – an 80-20 split with C.J. Anderson, which, listen, I understand. You got Gurley coming back, you know, for the first time in a couple of weeks. C.J. Anderson has proved himself. He's earned snaps, and I understand all that. I guess what I'm saying is, you know, that being said, if he goes from 95% of the carries to 80% of the carries, I think that puts him below Ezekiel Elliott in terms of value in DFS. Would you agree?
1: Yes, but I'm not doing that. I'm not saying that I'm not using him for the reasons that you are. I'm not trying okay. to predict a 15 percent reduction in his carries, and still, 80 percent of Todd Gurley is still damn good. The reason why I'm not spending up for him is because I think that Elliott has a better matchup, and the way Damian Williams is priced, especially on Fanduel where he's cheaper than Spencer Ware, I have to lock Damian Williams in.
2: So to me, it's Damian Williams and who else? All right, that's interesting. Let me ask you this. Uh, going back real quick to that uh, 2019 mock draft that we did, our guy, the fantasy executive Corey Parson, took Damian Williams in the third round. You think Damian Williams, A, is going to be the starting running back for the Chiefs next year, or B, warrants a third-round pick in fantasy football drafts? I mean, he took, he took Damian Williams with guys like A.J. Green still on the board, with running backs that I like better. For example, the next running back that was taken was on Johnson. I actually think on Johnson is going to have a huge sophomore season. What do you think about Damian Williams as high as the third round?
1: you have to look at it in the context of what the draft is being done. You know, right now we're doing it while the playoffs are still on, and he's looking like the number one running back for that team. Is will he stay the number one running back for that team? I don't know. I, mean, I don't think. I don't think anybody can answer that. You know, if he has a huge game this weekend, you know, the playoffs I think are a great measuring stick. If he has a huge game this weekend, yeah, he could be that number one running back. Has a great rest of the playoffs. If he doesn't, if he pulls a Chris Carson. You know, maybe they're looking at him in another direction. I don't think uh, – what are they – they didn't pay him a ton of money to extend him, right? Not a ton.
2: <clears throat> no, not a ton. No, I think it was so, a three-year extension. So it's,
1: yeah, so it's still – I think it's still open-ended as to whether he's that starter or not, and nobody can answer that question yet. I think that's still to be determined, but if you look at it in the context of, okay, you know, we're doing the draft now, we don't know, uh, you, you could make the case for it. But I would be like you and pass on them because to me it's too much of an uncertainty of what right. the workload is. We
2: j- we just don't know yet. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, Scotty, we got one more segment left. We're gonna take a uh, we're gonna take a quick break. But it sounds to me like you and I are both on the Indianapolis Colts and that we're both on the Los Angeles Rams. Is that fair to say? Yes,
1: uh, I feel much more comfortable about the Colts. Check right. out my preview right now, rotoexperts.com. I say Colts 38 and Chiefs 34. The Colts have faced the, the Chiefs four times
2: in the playoffs and never lost. One last thing on this Colts game. You know, I was so impressed last weekend, Scotty, with uh, Pierre DeSeer. Their quarterback, yeah. and he was like a—he's like a lanky kind of cornerback, right? Long arms, that sort of thing, right? So, would it be crazy because he's not necessarily the best matchup for a guy like Tariq Hill? He's a big—he's a long arm kind of guy, not a speed kind of guy. Would it be crazy for them to do something unconventional and really tap Desir more on Travis Kelsey?
1: Uh, i i, I, I think I think that Tyreek Hill is going to move around a lot, so he's also going to see Kenneth Moore. Right. Who's a very good corner. You know, I I, I, could, I could see... Uh, look, I could see it happening. Um, right? Because he's right, that right long now arm, it's, the bigger body That is a guy. great matchup for Kelsey. No, no team in the NFL allowed more catches and
2: yards to tight ends than the Indianapolis Colts this year. So they're going to need help there. Double coverage. So maybe they're going to need to try something different, right? And so I just yep. know what he did with D-Hop last week. And I just know he's not a great matchup for Tyreek Hill. We'll see. We'll talk about the Sunday games. On the other side of the break, Roto Experts in the Morning, award nominated.
0: Maurice Allen, 2015
2: 2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017,
0: world number one. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. New year, new you. Yeah, you hear that saying every single New Year's Day, right? But it takes money to get that new you for the new year. You need money for that gym membership. You need money to buy the expensive, healthier groceries. And you need money to go on that awesome vacation with the cute girl or guy in your office. But there is something to help you get that money, and it's free. When you download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, you get to listen to the best fantasy sports analysis 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, for free fantasy analysis betting odds and plenty of entertainment to help you get that money you need to start your new year's journey Go to the iTunes or Google Play Store, download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, and start listening to the best fantasy sports and betting analysis in the industry. We want you to drop those holiday pounds. We want you to take that awesome vacation. And we want to see you start 2019 right by downloading the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're here to give you that cash to start a new year with a new you. Fantasy Sports Today. McAdoo was, it was seemingly ill-equipped to be a head coach. He didn't know how to run a press conference without embarrassing himself. But how do we know that Gaze, like
2: Gaze has done this for what? Like, He's been a head two, coach three for years? three years. It's the first head three coach. Years that in the, Miami?
0: It's the first head coach that the Jets have hired since Bill Parcells that has had any previous this head experience. coaching experience. It's the first offensive-minded head coach since What's Up Rich Kotite. Not a great <laughs> transition. Yobi's <The> <laughs> better than Rich Kotite, who lasted uh, only the two years. Weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
2: Some real love going on. King and the spitting Statistician right here on what is officially one of the best radio shows in the industry, Roto Experts in the Morning. We were talking about some of these uh, Saturday games. We were breaking those down. In our last segment, Scotty, let's talk about these Sunday games and make sure we, you know, hold ourselves accountable and make our official picks. Chargers and Patriots Sunday morning. Pats are a four-point favorite. Scotty, I got to ask you, I want to start with this. One of the things, uh, Davis Maddox said to us yesterday when I was, when he was on with, um, you know, Blewett and myself over there on FST was that there's maybe going to be some weather, uh, on Sunday in Foxboro. Do you think that that's going to have any impact? And if so, what might that be?
1: Well, it, it really depends on what the that, uh, exactly the weather report is. You know, I had this conversation with, uh, with somebody in the, in the Roto expert Slack chat channel. Yeah. You, know, you can't just look at, and I'm not saying you're doing this. Uh, a lot of fans do this. Not they'll here. just look at the fact that there's snow or there's rain and they'll negatively uh, react. So you know, always go to NFL I think it's a great site for taking a look at this, the weather. And you're talking about LA and new England, you know, right now I'm looking, I'm looking at the forecast, 22 degrees, mostly cloudy, uh, mm-hmm. And there's no – it doesn't predict any heavy wind. Uh, So five miles an hour. So I don't think there's anything to be concerned about this game yet.
2: Got you. Let me ask you something about this, though, also in general. Like, you know, this is a Sunday game, right? A lot of people are going to be playing DFS with, like, a Saturday and a Sunday lineup, right? So they're going to be making these picks. You know, they're going to be selecting players a day before the Pats-Chargers game kicks off, right? So – I know there's late swap and things of that nature, but at that point in the weekend, you're only going to have like very you're only going to have 50% of your options to swap to. So how do you do that when you don't when you have, you know, incomplete weather information, Scotty?
1: Uh again, it's you know, you go to a site like NFL weather and the forecast yeah. is constantly changing, but you can't overreact to it either. It's like I'm looking at the Kansas City uh, Indianapolis game. that calls for flurries in the first half, but hmm. simply overcast in the second half with 10 mile an hour winds. You just can't yep. negatively react. What you have to do is you got to get the most detail. Is you know with a game like Kansas City and Indianapolis, when will the snow fall? Yesterday they said it was going to fall in the morning. Today it's going to extend into the early afternoon. Yesterday it was light snow. Today it's flurries. So and you also have to remember that in the snow the offense always has the advantage because, you know, they, they know where they're going, precise routes, et cetera, whereas the defense has to react. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how much you could really over to, if this is a driving snowstorm, that's something different. And you're also talking about, you know, when you play a full weekend slate, you know, there are also, uh, you know, showdown games where you're just playing that that one, uh, right. that one game. So, but if you play in the full slate, you just have to go with the best information you have. And if it comes okay. down to really a tough decision between two similarly ranked players and you want to go with the player that's not dealing with any weather, I can understand that. But at the same time, I want to get the most details about the report that I can and not overreact. That is the important part for every fantasy player to know because every fantasy player goes, oh, oh snow! And it's like, really, it's, you know, the snow, the snow could be gone by noon and the game could start right.
2: at 4.30. Okay. Let me ask you this one. I'm going back into a DFS lineup that I made over on FanDuel, right? And, um... <sighs> I got Rob Gronkowski as my tight end, Scott, and let me tell you why. He's the fourth most expensive tight end at 6200 right? I think, like, you're really very rarely going to see Rob Gronkowski that cheap. Now, I acknowledge that he looks like a shell of his former self. However, they just had that week off, right? And I got a sneaky feeling that this is like... What they were, quote-unquote, resting him for or saving him for. Is this – I think this is like the last time he can summon up, you know, like vintage Gronk. I also believe, Scotty – there's a, in my opinion, there is a greater than 50% chance that this is the last game Rob Gronkowski ever plays in Foxborough. And if that is the case, maybe they're going to try and take him out on a good note. I just feel like this could be the last hurrah for Rob Gronkowski, and he already is the fourth most expensive tight end at only 6200 I think, oddly enough, am I crazy to say there could be some weird value with Gronk? not crazy to say because we saw the game against
1: Miami that he's still capable of any ti- at any time right. of coming out and having a good game. So that's why you take the gamble with Gronkowski, especially in a tournament. To say they were saving him for this, I don't think so. I, I, th- I think he's, he's certainly a shell of what he is. They, they, they weren't saving him for nothing. He's just not capable as he used to be. That said, I'm spending on Eric. If I'm not doing Travis Kelsey... I'm definitely doing Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron, the Colts set a record for tight end touchdowns. Well, not a record, but they had the most tight end touchdowns in the league this year with 21. That was the most since 2011 when the Patriots did it. Uh, Eric Ebron led the NFL with 13, 13 receiving touchdowns for a tight end. The Kansas City Chiefs allowed the most tight end touchdowns in the NFL with 10. If I'm not going Kelsey, I have to go Ebron. What about Ertz? If I'm not going Kelsey, I'm going Ebron. Okay. <laughs> Can exactly. you spend you up or, or save more money with a guy I feel like is almost nearly guaranteed
2: to get in the end zone? Would you make a gentleman's bet with me, Scotty, that I'm going to take Gronk over Ebron this week? That I think Gronk will score more fantasy points than Ebron this week? We haven't done a gentleman's bet in a while. I'll take Gronk. You take Ebron.
1: I don't even know how the uh, other ones turned out, to be honest with you. I don't think we went over that. Uh but we can I have them but we can go over it, What though, not when not, it's a football Friday but you know it, it would not it would not surprise me to see Gronk you know have one of his good games and maybe outscore Ebron. I just think Ebron is far safer. I'm not saying mm. what what you're what you're putting out there
2: is crazy. Ebron. I just
1: strongly prefer Ebron.
2: Yeah, no I, I I hear you on that and you know when I spoke about that like, bets
1: I was in strong disagreement
2: with you. Okay. All right, fair enough. That that makes sense. Uh, we can go over them. I have some of them uh, logged on one of our, on my, you know, on my sheet where we was tracking our picks and that sort of thing. We could look at that. Listen, between uh, AFC and NFC championship game and the Super Bowl, we got two weeks, and we got to talk about stuff. So we could recap all of our kind of gentlemen's yep. bets and stuff like that at that point in time. I, you know, and like you said, I think you're right. The word saving him may be a misnomer. It's just more for me. It's like, listen, with that bye week and stuff. He's going to be the healthiest he's been
0: in a long time,
2: you know, and it's almost like if not now, when, you know, I think this could be maybe more they realize the game they need him to come through, that sort of thing. The last question I'll ask you about this Gronk thing and about this game in general, if you're the Chargers defense, right, and and uh, defense coordinator came up with a great scheme to face Lamar the second time around with the three, uh, you know, safeties at the linebacker position, My question for you, Scott, is how do you deploy Derwin? James in this game is he the guy who's shadowing Gronk is he kind of like that Gronk equalizer being a guy that could try to take him away do you see Derwin James maybe more as a blitzer you know trying to put extra pressure on Brady along with Ingram and Boza do you see James maybe as a guy who has his eye on a guy like James White out of the backfield how would you deploy Derwin James this week the all-pro rookie safety he's capable of being all three of those Right. Only Gus
1: Bradley knows exactly what he's going to do. I like the James White angle, though, a heck of a lot. Uh, because should you really take your best defensive player and put him on Gronk, the way Gronk is played? At this point, I don't maybe, know. Maybe, but, you know, then if you don't, Gronk can burn you. You know, this guy is a unique chess piece. And Gus Bradley is going to come up with, with something very interesting. Because I think, I think they could blitz Brady without Derwin Der- Der- James. I don't know if you want to, like, waste Aaron James you know, mm. as, as just the You blitzer. like Ingram and Boza
2: getting pressure? You like, like Ingram and Boza yeah. getting enough pressure with them rushing four?
1: Yes. Mm, know, I, I, awesome. think, I think they can they get some pressure up front. So you also have to count for Julian Edelman, too. So, you know, yeah. it might be a thing. Football is a game of adjustments. He might start out in one role and could adjust to another depending on the game flow.
2: Yeah, listen, absolutely. And the Chargers secondary is strong. You know, guys like Casey Hayward, Desmond King, and the like. So, you know, this game I think is going to be one of the tougher ones for us to call. Let's talk a little bit about that last game of the weekend, Scotty. The Philadelphia Eagles travel into the Dome to stand up and get crunk and try to beat a day of the – or the DAT – of the hoodat, right? You know, uh, can the Eagles go into the Dome? The only thing I think that's in the Eagles' favor right now, Scott, is this idea that it's really hard to, uh, you know, crush a team twice in the same season. The Saints already beat the Eagles 41-7 earlier on the season in the Dome.
1: Well, Doug Peterson is 4-0 and in playoff games. Uh, yeah. Sean Payton, Nick Foles has done Sean, his thing as an underdog, too. Sean, Sean Payton is 7-5. and five. So, but he, he's already gained... Uh, Gain ground on him. Uh, the Eagles and the Colts are seeking to become just the the first team since 2010 to, to make it to the the conference championship game as a number six seed. And you mm. know this would be this would be another significant accomplishment for the Nick Foles Eagles if they can do it, because no team in the last seven years has won from number six
2: seed to the conference title game. That year, maybe it was uh, that year when the Packers won it all. I know they did it from a wild card spot. Were they the sixth right. seed? Yes. they. It was them? Okay. I remember that Green Bay Packers team. That was kind of like, I think that season and that playoffs was kind of, I mean, people knew that Aaron Rodgers was great already, but that was kind of when Rodgers stamped himself as truly one of the cream of the crop, I think, elite, elite quarterbacks, I think, in that playoff Whenever a run.
1: quarterback wins the Super Bowl, Right, and he's a significant part of the formula. Uh, you know, he it, 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 people stand it, up and take notice. People view people view them differently around the league. It's why we talk about with the Eli Manning Hall of Fame argument, two-time Super Bowl MVP. That's in his favor. Uh right. You know, when Trent Dilfer won, though, everybody felt like it was the defense that that won it. And then you know, you look at somebody like. Like Roethlisberger, he's regarded mm-hmm. as a elite quarterback because he's won two Super Bowls, even though he's had very good teams around him. Russell Wilson, you know, had a great defense with him, but he was the missing piece. So, you know, that's why he's regarded around the league. When you win a Super Bowl, when a quarterback wins a Super Bowl, this is why everybody's talking about Nick Foles' magic, because he won a Super Bowl with it. People take yeah. notice. No- nobody took Nick Foles seriously until last February.
2: No, I think you're absolutely right. It's a great uh, credential to have. Scotty, in this game, all week long, I've been talking about how I like Darren Sproles at 5,400 on FanDuel. I think he's going to have the most touches. And I've been telling you guys about how on the Saints side, I really like Ted Ginn Jr. as the number two wide receiver at only 4,500. Who's someone that you like in this game, off the beaten path maybe, who could be an interesting play in DFS out of this game? Mo Alley. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to go to this game game for that (laughs)
1: for this for for this for Saints uh, Eagles. Yeah, I would say Ted Ginn Jr. You are with me Uh, on Ted Gid. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely with you on on Ted Ginn Jr. Uh, As far as any of the other Eagles, I don't like. But, uh, you know, I just will mention that Mo Alley Cox is a very interesting play. You could even flex him out
2: for twenty five hundred on DraftKings. So wait a second, because you were just telling me about how much you like Eric Ebron, and so now you're also going to take the second Colts tight end as well? Yeah, by run 12 personnel. Really? You, you, yeah. All right, fair enough. All right, so let's make it official, Scotty. We only got a couple or minutes multiple left. multiple lineups.
1: I'm, I'm using Kelsey. In, I got in, you. In, and then I'm saving money to get Kelsey with Mo Allen Cox.
2: You. All right, fair enough. Let's make it official. We only got a few minutes left here. Uh, Scotty, Indianapolis Colts. Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs are minus 5, 57 is the total in this one. Everything I've heard out of you this week, I think you're thinking the Colts are going to win outright, so certainly you're taking them plus 5, right? Yep, 38-34. Yep, I am with you. I think this is the upset of the weekend. I think the Indianapolis Colts pull the win outright and keep it going. I, you know, We've talked about it all season long. Andrew Luck and that team is just too hot. The Chiefs, I'm a little concerned about the first-year quarterback in the playoffs or the first time in the playoffs. We shall see. Saturday night, the Dallas Cowboys travel to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. Scotty, the Rams are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. I know you think the Rams win the game, but do they win by more than seven points, Scotty? No, they'll cover, but it'll be close. No, so, so, Scotty, just so you know, when you say that it's close, that actually means they are not covering the point spread.
1: No, what I'm, what I'm saying is the Cowboys will cover, but the Rams will Okay,
2: win. so your bet is Cowboys plus seven and a half. Right. Okay, got it. So you got Indianapolis Colts plus five, Dallas plus seven and a half, because you think the Rams will not cover. Dallas will be able to keep it close, uh, and you'll take the Cowboys with – the points. Uh, yeah, the I most interesting
1: go- thing is real quick, because I know we just got. You know, the Cowboys pulled up their biggest postseason win, their biggest win last week in 22 years, and all of a sudden the fan base is regalvanized. If they right. win this year, if they win this week, that's an even bigger win. This will be, be the best postseason in 22 years. Cowboy Nation is really going to come even more out of the woodwork if they win this week.
2: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. If they win this one also Dak Prescott then all of a sudden has the same amount of playoff wins on his roster, at, you know, as 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 I think he has more than Tony, Tony Romo, Romo then, you yeah. know. Yeah, absolutely. So Tony, I, Tony I, I,
1: Romo had two. And you know, I think when people say how about them Cowboys, it shows how long of a drought it's been since the team has been good. They're quoting something from 22 years ago. They win this week, Garrett's got to come up with a new catchphrase in the locker room.
2: All right, fair enough. I think this game is going to be relatively close until the third quarter, and then I think the Rams will score twice and pull away. So give me the Rams minus seven and a half. Scotty, Chargers-Patriots. The Patriots are four-point favorites. You like the Patriots to win by more than four, or you think the Chargers keep it as a real close game? I think or the Chargers
1: win. cover and the Patriots win a very, very close, like a two-point game.
2: All right, so you like the Chargers plus four points. Is that correct? Yes, yes. All right, so so far you've got the Colts plus five. You've got the Cowboys plus seven and a half. You've got the Chargers plus four. You like all the underdogs so far. Um, does that trend continue? Do you think the Eagles stay within a touchdown? The spread is eight against the Saints, or is this the widest margin of the weekend? Do the Saints win by more than eight? Too
1: big of a spread. Uh, you know, it's not going to be the blowout it was last time. Uh, hmm. So I say the Eagles cover, but lose by about a touchdown. Interesting. So you like all four
2: underdogs with the points this week. Is that correct, Scotty?
1: Yes. And the one I feel the
2: least comfortable about is Philadelphia. Interesting. Yeah, I'll take the Saints laying the eight points. Give me the Saints minus eight. Give me the Rams minus the seven and a half. Give me the Indianapolis Colts plus five. And I got to tell you the truth, Scotty. As you know more than almost anybody else, I have been on the Chargers all season long. I love these Chargers. I love what's going on there. But I don't think you make any money betting against Brady Belichick in this round. So what I'm going to do... I'm going to stay away from this game. I'm not going to touch this game because my heart is with the Chargers. My head is saying New England, so I'm staying away from it. So give me Colts plus five. Give me Rams minus seven and a half. And give me the New Orleans Saints minus eight. I hope the Chargers keep it going, though, making my pick from way back in the preseason come to fruition. Hey, Scotty, best weekend in football, in my opinion. Have a great football weekend. We'll break it down on Monday, all right? Brother Matthew, too, bro. All right, that's FST up next on Fantasy Sports Radio Network.